Yeah, everywhere you look with the 49ers right now, there's issues. Who's going to be the kicker? They're going to sign Bosa. Uh, they're still dealing with the fallout of the Trey Lance trade. Is the season still on track? Whitey and Watkins here, Sackdown Sports. Thanks for being with us. Nice stuff to join us uh, from, as Christopher Lodd said, host of the Gold Standard Network podcast, Rob Stats Guerrera. Rob, what do you make of all these uh, distractions swirling around the 49ers right now? Rob is with us. It's apparently that either we have a delay going or he's not able to hear us. I was like, huh? Oh, we can't hear him. That's what it is. Yes. We have some technical issues. We apologize for those. We're working on to to remedy those as quickly as we can. Yes. Yes. I can see him talking on the stream. It's just, yeah, we just can't. I assume he can hear us, but it's just. Yeah. And I I think there was also a little bit of a delay going as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been having tons of computer issues these past couple of weeks. It's, it's been documented, so. We're just trying to get that taken care of as quickly as we can with uh, Rob Stats Guerrero. We apologize to you, dear listener. But we're having a little bit of a technical issue connecting uh, with our guest. Of the issues, Chris, which do you think right now, if you're Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, and you got a list of these things, What's at the top of the list? What are you most concerned about? What are you What are you really least worried about? All things considered, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I think the the thing that you're least concerned about is probably the the quote unquote quarterback controversy because I mean, at the end of the day, they have their QB one. I, I don't really think that they're too concerned about what, how the quarterback situation is going to play out. I think that they view it as a positive, uh, how much depth they have. I mean, they, they clearly believe in Brock Purdy, and and definitely we've heard Kyle Shanahan's affinity for, for Sam Darnold. So I think that they feel like, you know, as much has been made about this quarterback drama, I don't think they view it as as a negative for the team overall. I think they, they definitely, if anything, view it as a positive. Um, man, I mean, in terms of what they're most concerned about, I think if you were to give them truth serum, it'd probably be the Bosa situation. I think, uh, you know, I, they feel confident that it'll get done. But, man, if for whatever reason, if, if if they can't get it done again, I just think that that impacts the team's overall success the most of anything else. And, uh, you know, the, the Jake Moody kicker situation is definitely something that you should be concerned about. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, it is, it is your kicker. And, you know, you, you're not going to really notice – that until uh, until it goes bad. And joining us now, as promised, go. the host, Gold Standard Network podcast, Rob Stats Guerrero. Rob, we're really sorry about that. We know your time is valuable. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, just wondering of all these things swirling around the 49ers right now, uh, do you think uh, Kyle Shannon and the Niners still can keep this season on track going forward? I think no one is more desperate to start the season than the 49ers. I think everyone there is saying, can we just get to football, please? I'm tired of quarterback drama and Brock Purdy's elbow, and we just want to play and start smashing people like we did last year. Are you concerned? Uh, do you think Niner fans could, should be concerned at this point about the Bosa contract situation? I don't know how you cannot be concerned at this point. Like, what is the holdup? This should have taken two seconds. They should have said, Mr. Bosa, what would you like? And he should have slid the number across the table. John Lynch should have looked at it and said, would you like that in 50s or 100s, sir? And it should have been over. Like, what are we doing here? This guy is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. They have no pass rush without him. 
it should be done by now, but it's always like this with the 49ers. It got contentious with George Kittle. Remember, his agent mm-hmm. called their first offer the St. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> it got contentious with Trent Williams. He had to call Kyle Shanahan and say, hey, I'm about to go to the Chiefs. Can we get this done? And it got contentious with Debo Samuel, who, of course, requested That's a right. trade at mm-hmm. one point. So this is how the 49ers operate, and it's incredibly frustrating. Simple question could be a simple answer. Can the 49ers contend if, if they don't have Nick Bosa? No, they can't. And I said when Nick Bosa got injured uh, early in the season a couple years ago that their Super Bowl hopes died with him on MetLife Field. And it was the same thing this year without Bosa. They need him. He is what makes their defense special. Their whole defense is centered around the idea of getting pressure with four down linemen so that you have seven guys in coverage. Their linebackers are great in coverage, but their secondary is a little sketchy. And so they need to get pressure with the front four, and they need to have that many people in coverage because if they don't that's not how their defense is built to function rob stas guerrero with us host of the gold standard network uh, podcast appreciate your time here rob from all the well i let me put it this way there's lots of noise outside about quarterbacks and trey lance do you think that inside the building and on the field do you think everybody with the 49ers knew way for anybody else that Trey Lance wasn't going to be the third quarterback and it was time for the organization to move on from him and time for him to move on? If you looked at everything the organization had done with Trey Lance, from the beginning, you can tell that they never really fully bought in. They never really trusted that he was going to be the guy that could lead them to where they wanted to go. So I don't think it was a shock to a lot of the players there. It certainly wasn't a shock to me. I mean, when you run out, and you agree to a contract with Sam freaking Darnold on the first day of the legal tampering period, that to me says you're not signing him to be your QB2, or QB3. Excuse me. So I think everybody kind of knew what was up, and I think they did the right thing. At least the deck is cleared for Brock. Right? He has no real competition for the starting job. The only way he loses the job is through injury, I think. And so at least they're embracing Brock in a way that I don't think they ever fully embraced Trey Lance. Mm. Uh, it sounded like yesterday Kyle Shanahan liked the term unique to describe the, the 49ers quarterback carousel these past couple of years. How, what, what, would, what word would you use to describe what, what's been going on in, in San Francisco the last couple of years? Uh, debacle? Disaster? That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Pick one. I mean, look, it's been brutal. They have bungled the quarterback decision since Kyle Shanahan arrived in 2017. And you may not like it as a 49er fan, but it's the truth. They didn't scout Patrick Mahomes because they were going to sign Kirk Cousins. And then they abandoned that plan because they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they had Jimmy, but then they were kind of looking at Tom Brady, but they stuck with Jimmy, and then they decided Jimmy wasn't good, so they drafted Trey, but then they were kind of unsure about Trey, so they went back to Jimmy Garoppolo. They have mismanaged the single most important spot in football for seven years years and the only reason they might have it now is because they accidentally found their way into brock purdy yeah glock purdy falls into their laps here what do you think all things considered that uh kyle shanahan likes best about brock purdy i think that brock will get the ball exactly where kyle shanahan wants it when kyle wants it there that's always what he's wanted out of his quarterback kyle always wants a quarterback that he could play madden with and just control from the (laughs) sideline he likes a guy that can follow the paint by numbers offense and that's what brock purdy does and the added bonus of purdy is he's very elusive he can evade pass rushers and extend the play so even if kyle doesn't call the perfect play at the perfect time sometimes brock can make something out of nothing 
and that's a very good combination for this offense. Were there any uh, any uh, cuts on the 53-man roster that, that surprised you? No. I, I, there's a lot of 49er fans, you know, clutching their pearls because they cut an offensive lineman named Il Manning. I don't know if Il Manning is good. I'm not a scout, but I will say this. If Other than the quarterback position, I think the 49ers have earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the 53-man roster. They have built one of the best rosters in the NFL. So while they may not know what the hell they're doing at quarterback, everywhere else they seem to be pretty buttoned up. Rob Stats Guerrero with us. Uh, Obviously, there are some uh, issues with the kicker position. I've been saying since before camp, hey, Jake Moody's going to be the man this year. Money Moody is going to show out. They're going to be thrilled they drafted him. Hasn't worked out that way. Chris, my partner, has been a little more skeptical. Uh, What's your level of confidence right now in Jake Moody and in the 49ers' ability to make sure that they've got the kicker situation straightened out this year? Uh. Zero? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they took a kicker in the third round, and they're telling you, we know what we're doing. We got this, right? And then the first time he gets on the field, he immediately starts missing kicks. Maybe he'll be great. I don't know. But it's certainly pretty shaky. And the 49ers did sign former Steelers and Chiefs kicker Matthew Wright, uh, so he's a possibility for week one. But you sure would like to think that your kicker that you took in the third round isn't going to be shaky when he's supposed to be this mentally tough guy, but the only thing he does is make kicks in practice and miss him in the game. So I'm not totally confident right now. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to have a big leg. You'd at least assume that he's going to be able to make an extra point now and then, right? (laughs) Probably be good. You know, you're planning on scoring a lot. You might want a guy that can make those. Rob, I'm curious what you thought of, uh, I mean, obviously Jimmy G had those statements the other day, but but Stephen A, I want to know what you thought about what Stephen A said. He said, uh, shut up about the 49ers and play football. Do you do you agree with Stephen A's sentiment that, that uh, Jimmy G should just forget about the, the 49ers situation and move on? I mean, look, when he looks back on his career, those are going to be the glory years. And part of me wonders if maybe Jimmy Garoppolo knows that, you know, and, and look, He's got plenty to complain about with the 49ers. They didn't treat Jimmy Garoppolo super great either. There was there was bad blood on both sides of that relationship. But, you know, look, I, I tend to disagree with pretty much everything that comes out of Stephen A. <laughs> That's a good move. That's a good move. Uh, if you're a 49er fan, uh, if you're not already, you got to check out the Gold Standard Network podcast with Rob Stats Guerrero. Rob, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for bearing with us there through some technical issues. We appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again real soon. No, thanks for having me. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. Speaking of Kyle Shanahan and uh, Jimmy G, uh, Kyle yesterday actually responded oh my to Jimmy. He did. Yeah. yeah. He was pressed uh, about the comments, and yeah. then it got into kind, a weird kind of, kind of conversation yeah. about the differences between weird and unique, and uh, we'll explore that yeah, well, let's explore dynamic it. next it year. Interesting. Whitey and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Really interesting point by Rob Stats Guerrera, who loves the 49ers. We just talked to him here on Sacktown Sports. It's Whitey and Watkins. Thank you for being with us. Um, I, I hadn't really thought of it uh, about it this way, but he's right. The 49ers have a tradition of having these <laughs> contract 
standoffs with players, and they really don't go well, and then, boom, they're fixed and everything's fine. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you're playing with fire at that point. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, you're kind of, you're playing the percentages, and yeah, you're like, oh, it's it's worked for us every time, but it's kind of one of those things that seems like it's going to work until it doesn't, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here with the Nick Bosa situation, but again, it just doesn't have to be like that. Like, I, I don't understand why this is why how they've decided to to go about their business it, it seems like one of those things I mean it hasn't came back to bite them yet you know they clearly have a almost a surplus of, of talent of elite talent on their roster but it seems like one of those things that is gonna get around to to the league and at some point like you can't you can't handle all of your business like like how they're handling all of it. I mean, it, it just doesn't seem like a recipe for success. By the way, one thing that we haven't talked about yet, and we'll get to it at some point here, there have been some rumblings out of 49er camp that Brock Purdy has been dealing with a tired arm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw they is, cut his throws in half this week. Yeah. Because they want even, him to be fresh. That, yeah, is, even the way they, they dealt with it. that left some people going, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's that unusual for a quarterback, especially a guy coming off of, uh, a procedure to have a tired arm, but yeah. you know when yeah, it's obviously hard not to be concerned when they, they reconstructed his elbow. Sure, so I think he was throwing harder yesterday, but it's just right now it's hard to know what to believe about what the Forty ers right. are preaching. Right, yeah, it's and that's that's such an interesting approach to to resting Brock. Like I would almost think that you would do the opposite. Like you would want to slowly integrate him into throwing more. And so that way, yeah, you know, no he's idea. almost throwing his, yeah. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I have, I'm definitely no expert on this, but I would almost think that, yeah, like it sounds nice. Yeah. Give him some rest. So for the game, you know, his arm isn't as tired, but I would almost want to think that you should have it conditioned to where it's like, you want him throwing a lot so that when he throws 30 times in a game, it's like, it's, it's almost nothing. Everything's so advanced now. I mean, I remember way, way back when, like for pitchers, like you would, throw you're gonna warm up you would throw right and now they realize you got to stretch and warm up right. before you throw right you don't throw to warm up you warm up to throw, to throw so it's right. just yeah they know so much more now that's true but it's yeah. just a little disconcerting um, absolutely yeah you um, just don't want to hear any sort of restriction especially on your quarterback like yeah. you just want to hear well, yeah from, he's practicing again, fine from the beginning on this right we heard the reports that brock purdy's back no restrictions Except, Except for he for can only couple. throw these many. Well, wait, that's yeah. a restriction. Exactly. So why phrase it that way? I, I don't know, and yeah. I think that's you know I think that's, I think that's why so many problems. Exactly, right but it's not just media who's upset by like the fan base is going to be upset by that as well, and it's just that that's another thing where it's like I don't know why you decide to operate like that. Like just just be transparent. There's no there's no harm in being transparent about that. Like you can just tell everyone what's going on and. And if anything, you've you've created more of a of a circus around it now that people are like, like you said, like I thought there were no restrictions, and now you're telling me there's restrictions. I I was I felt safe, and now I almost I just have more concern on. than before. Yeah, right, because it almost seems like well, we are hiding something. Exactly. Sometimes, I or think maybe it's things not aren't going as well it's as we just thought. That we just don't feel we have to tell you these yeah. things. Right. Which you know, I guess you're you know, yeah, you can run your organization however you, you want to, but you know. Yesterday, I'll give him credit, Kyle Shanahan uh, faced the music to a degree on uh, Trey Lance and, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And he praised Trey Lance, and then he was asked about the comments Jimmy Garoppolo made. And we, we've played him, you've heard him. Jimmy just said, yeah, just some, some, it was a messy, and then what did he say, weird 
situation uh, yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, weird situation yeah. over there. He didn't want to elaborate on yeah, that. Yeah, so Kyle Shanahan yesterday was asked to give his opinion of what Jimmy had said about the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I try not to pay attention outside of here. I try to deal with the people in here that I have to deal with, um, and I have felt very good about that. Um, I, I did see Trey. I was happy watching him actually while I was eating lunch with his press conference in Dallas, and Trey is as real as it gets, and that's how he talks in here. That's how he is every day, so uh, it's cool to see him handle that the right way, and um, he did seem genuinely kind of happy, and uh, I feel he's in a good position to move on and do better there. Um, you know, Jimmy is... The comments are the comments. I'm really not concerned about his comments. Okay, buddy. What a uh, contrast that is, huh? Then, then things got a little unusual. Um, I, I think anytime you trade up to the third pick in the draft and it doesn't work out, that's a weird situation, <laughs> but that is a situation. So that's what happened. I don't think that it's weird. It's unusual that it doesn't work out, but I wouldn't think it's weird. I think that's unusual. What do you think? And I think he was talking to Matt Mayoko. So then he's playing this thing of that weird. It's just unusual. I mean, you you don't have to be a grammaticist to know that. That's yeah. It's, it's, things are basically the same. That's thing what I was going to say. I was like, so what are we doing? Weird and unusual. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that those are are quite literally just synonyms for each other. Like, I, I don't really think that there's any difference between weird and unusual. I would say that. Those... I think I know his point. Weird sounds like. Please Whoa, explain to unusual. me. Unusual just means like. Oh, you don't see it all the time. Yeah. Weird is perhaps a little bit more of an extreme word than unusual. But again, we're splitting hairs We're splitting hairs. That's the problem is it's like, okay, I think the bigger point is that this situation has been less than ideal. And uh, it's it's just, it hasn't gone positively. It hasn't been uh, a good, uh, a a master class of how you should handle (laughs) these kind of situations. And, you know, if we're really trying to, if we're, we're, Trying to find the like it's, that's just not that's that's missing the the forest for the trees there like you're just a little bit too caught up on the specifics of what's being said. Yeah, LC Dang on the chat says unusual or unique. He liked I mean, them both. A lot of words you yeah, could use. he liked unique I do too. See why if you're a coach you don't want to say it was weird because that implies that you're sure. weird. You guys are yeah, weird. Like that's different. Like that's yeah, almost like odd. Something's yeah, not. It's a right. zag almost. Yeah. yeah, it's like this is a normal way of doing it. It's almost like intentional. It's like. A, it's like, no, I don't sure. think what we did was... Unusual like, is that's not the way it's usually done. Weird yeah. is like, that's you shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. So like, that's his point, I'm sure. Also, I mean, if we're going to really be paying attention to exact words that people said, kind of funny to me that Kyle's like, oh, I, I don't like to pay attention to things that aren't in-house. I did watch Trey, though, yesterday, and uh, <laughs> boy, oh boy, what, what, what a lad he is. Oh, he's just such the nicest guy. I've ever met in my life. That's why I'm sure that's one reason why he seemed to get a little irritated is because that's true. He doesn't want to deal with the outside stuff. And in this case, he had to. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't have to do this. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, this is also a a product of the mess that you made. And so I agree. And that's why he had to. It's like, okay, come on. You got to, you know, uh, let us know what's up here. Yeah. I I think that that's, I I bet uh, you that's the last he ever deals with it. Yeah. I I think so. I want to be a reporter and they go, Hey, about Jimmy. That is the one thing, you know, Kyle does know, I think he knows what he's doing with the media. And when you're contentious like that, again, I don't think people are like you're saying, I don't think people are going to invite themselves into stepping into that kind of lion's den of of Kyle Shanahan's wrath. Let's let's get up a collection here and we'll give it to Emil. 
Yes. And at the next press conference, Emil, we'll give you all the money we collect in here. Yep. If you go, hey, let's talk about let's Jimmy talk and that's weird that. stuff, Kyle. Exactly. How weird do you think yeah. it was? Yeah. Well, and he better be used to these. Get used to them because when Trey Lance comes to town, what is that week five? When when Dallas steps in, like people are gonna have even more questions about. Hey, like Trey seems to whatever. Like he, the There's people are going to no ask way him. No, Trey about. will be playing by then. No, think? he's not going to be playing, but people are still going to. I mean, it's just going to reemerge the conversation. But yeah. you know, I'm just, you I'm just saying. Bro. I do, man. It'll I be just, good to see really Trey. Do. Yeah, I don't think I'll get a chance to talk to him, but I'm glad he's there. Yeah, I, I you know what I do. Now, if he plays, you know, something happens yeah. and he's playing. Wow, then we got a whole. Then it's if just he a wins, really unlikely. I don't think there's a very little chance of that happening. Yeah. But if it did, then we'd have. That's a Sunday night football game, too, isn't it? Oh, that's going to be on prime time. I mean, yeah, that's all eyes are going to be on that. I mean, it's already probably going to be oh, one of, if not the most viewed. Tons, tons. I mean, the Just entire time standing there with a the clipboard. Yeah, it's going to there's it's going to be like how in the Super Bowl they have all those prop bets of like when Tom Brady plays and how many times are they going to show Giselle like. There's going to be prop bets of how many times are they going to show Trey Lance on you know on the sideline holding a clipboard and it, it's it's going to be all that everyone talks about and this is again this is a product of the situation that Kyle and John Lynch have collectively created for them they don't want to talk about it but this is what happens when you manage the situation so poorly like reporters are just doing their job they're asking questions that frankly have to be asked like you have to ask Kyle Shanahan hey. Jimmy Garoppolo, your ex, just like made this very large statement about you and how you operated things. Care to comment? I mean, like, you know, he had to know it was coming, but I, I don't know. I just and didn't you, like how he handled it. You know it. this. Reporters really don't like it when there's something big happening. Like, right. wait, Trey's not on the field, and then it's leaked that um, Trey has been told that he's the third quarterback. And, you know, if you're on the beat, it's like, okay, what's going on here? Right. No one's speaking. They're going on the radio station. Right. Which is their right to do, I recognize. Sure. But if you're a beat reporter, it's like, hey, I'm trying to do my job here. Yeah, exactly. And you're dodging me. Mm-hmm. And then Lynch goes on the, the TV broadcast the next night. Again, that's their right. I know that. Yeah. But you could understand why some longtime beat reporters totally. would go, what's going on here? Right. Absolutely. That's that's kind of like the the inside baseball, if you will, of, of the media. Is like, I mean, there is a little bit of obligation to, especially, yeah, those guys who are on the beat 24 seven, like they, they got to put these stories together and it's part of their, uh, you know, they're, they're getting credential yeah, for there's an understanding. We have yes. responsibilities and you're yeah. obligated to give us, give something. us that information. Yeah. And you know, I understand that you have your broadcast partners that you also owe things to, but with something as big as this, yes. like, and it's like, what are you, why you won't you talk it. to us? What are you You're hiding? dodging. Exactly. Yeah. What are you dodging? Bad like, look. It, again, just a bad look, bad PR. And, uh, they seem to just not care. That's the problem. That's another problem too. Is they just the more that they just kind of blow it off and make it seem like it's an annoyance. It's just I don't I don't think that it's going to make the problem go away. Joe Montana, can we agree? Pretty good 49er quarterback. I would say he was all right. Uh, he just was talking about his pick for the greatest quarterback ever, and uh-huh. I would have never ever guessed this. Would Trey you? Lance. It's it's not Trey Lance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Joe Montana. I have no idea. Really? Yeah, no. It's idea. Joe Montana's surprise pick for the greatest quarterback ever next year. Whitey and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. I have something of a story time, Chris. I hope it's okay if I. Sh- this is like. Wow, this is our second one of the day. Yeah. It's is that okay, new. Chris, for a lot? If it's like something happening right now. I'll allow it. Okay. I, I want to make sure it wasn't something Don't that you were going to share on later. Yeah. Uh, you guys can guess on this. Okay. 
And then we'll get to Joe Montana and his wild pick for the greatest quarterback ever. Police west of Toronto warned drivers, warning drivers to keep their car windows closed after a truck spilled crates of something onto a road. Mm. Crates of... What would you have crates of? Like, uh, I'll say, like, apples? If they're saying to keep your windows up, I'm going to say bees. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Uh, they warn drivers to keep their car windows apples? closed after a truck spilled crates carrying five million bees onto a road. Nailed it. Christopher Law. I mean, he's the master of story time. Right. That's his uh, bailiwick, whatever that means. I say apples? So stupid. Like, yeah, put, keep your windows up because <laughs> well, no, there's apples your, all over the road. You still are, your your body is racked by infection. Yeah, exactly. That, thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for coming up with a somewhat of an excuse. Yeah, so he's like, oh, road, crates, spill. I was just thinking apples. crates. That's it's really my, you have crates of bees. You said how many bees? Five million bees. Five million bees? Oh, that's a nightmare. Absolutely not, no. So you're just driving down the freeway and there's just, it's probably just like you just a black cloud over the sky. Yeah, I don't know if they disperse or if they're hanging around. You know, probably they have the queen in there, so they're probably hanging around the truck, the crates. Somebody's got to go out there. Hey, get Joe out there, the bee guy over there, eh? Because they're in Toronto. Hey, and uh, (laughs) the Mounties on their horses just like can't be. pick up the bees there, eh? Yeah. Jeez, that's that's how that's like a actual some nightmare guy in one of those suits well. and he's out there. He's just out there piling them back on the truck, collecting them. Yeah, that's a that no, that's that's an absolute nightmare. That's I I bees cannot cool. do bees. I would I would have beehives. Bees. I don't you, have enough yeah. room. You love that beehive outside uh, in the, on the, on the satellite yeah, dish. I'd yeah, love you're to just look like at that. wow, look at that. And I'm like, no, let's get away from that. Absolutely not. How did you have that ready? What? <laughs> what is that? I just no. I, I, I had, can't. With you know, these. we don't have like property or anything. Sure, so we have neighbors. So and my dogs in the backyard, so I can't have like the bees. Yeah, but just, if I did, I would if I could. No, I think they're I really cool. What like what what is what fascinates you about them? Just the way they their pack mentality. They have good bees. Have great culture. Because like heat <laughs> culture, like them and. Them and Eric Spolstra are yeah, because like you got the drones and they do their work and they sure. go out and get the stuff and they build the hive and the queens in there and they're, they're laying the eggs and the yeah. they got the larvae in there and they're getting the honey. honey and yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Well, we're getting honey. I'm a bee. Yeah, I'm doing what bees do. I just can't get over bees. This also, will do dances like this. Really? There's research it's like watching planet to show Earth. another bee where water is or something. Yeah, they will come back to the hive. And they'll do a dance, and it communicates to the other bees, this is where you want to go. That's not too far-fetched because, actually, Carmichael Dave, we're having a barbecue today. He's also going to do a dance right before <laughs> as a, like, hey, food's all here. Food's, food's ready. Food's all here. There you go. Thank you, Chris. There you are. That, there. That's incredible. Uh-huh. No, thank you. I'm out on bees. That's incredible, but not as incredible as this. When Joe Montana retired, he was, of course, regarded as what? The greatest of all time. Many in this area, of course, and bless you if you're one of them, still consider Joe Montana the greatest of all time. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> Is that what people from Boston sound like to you? Uh, I mean, Forno is Forno. Anyway. Sure. Uh, this is incredible. Joe Montana. In Montana's Montania. view. Montana. Who deserves to be 
Who is the best quarterback in NFL history? You honestly haven't seen this? No, I have not seen this, no. Okay. Do you, do you want to guess? And um, It's a great quarterback. There's no question. Uh, you're, like, shocked by it. So it's yes. got to be someone that's, it's like— It's somebody who retired without a Super Bowl ring. Oh, man, I was going to say John Elway. That's It was going to be guess, my guess not correct. Well. Right time period. Great quarterback, never won a Super uh-huh. Bowl. Uh, that I mean, got to that, be that's uh, the guy. Uh, Dan Marino. Though. Dan Marino is right. Okay, yeah, Joe Montana I mean, says Dan Marino. I've heard people yeah. say that before. Uh, Marino, according to Joe Montana, the way Joe sees it, yeah. Marino deserves the nod because he put up modern-looking passing numbers in an era when the sport hadn't evolved to make passing as easy sure. as it is now. It's a sure. brilliant point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right or not, I don't know, but it's a brilliant point. Right, great, great passer. I mean, yeah, he maybe he, maybe that's where the disconnect. Maybe it's like, yeah, he threw the football better than than anybody else at the position. And quarterbacks, obviously, main job is to throw the football. You know that since Joe Montana and, and Dan Marino played, the rules have changed to increasingly favor offense. Sure, and passing. absolutely, it's ridiculous. Uh, last number, Patrick Mahomes threw for five thousand two hundred fifty yards and forty one touchdowns. Yeah, in nineteen eighty four. Dan Marino threw for 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns. Yeah, see, that's – and that's, like, that's a really good argument. Like, that's a that's a great, great stat for his argument. I mean, like, exactly. Like, people – Plus, Mahomes had an putting extra up, game. They weren't putting up numbers like that before. And for him to, to just kind of be well ahead of his time, I mean, it's almost like – you know, saying Larry Bird is the greatest shooter of all time. It's like, I mean, for what he was doing, era adjusted, you could almost argue like, yeah, what would it look like if he would have played now? I mean, he would would Marino be putting up 6,000-yard seasons? I mean, it, I don't think it's out of the question. By the way, the magazine that Joe spoke to was Men's Health. He says, <laughs> that's the, just the, that just, would have been you, the thing to guess. It's like, okay, what what magazine was it? Sports Illustrated, ESPN well, the magazine. He's a guy and he's Men's health. Health. He's yeah. healthy. Boy, I saw Joe. That's the two requirements for that magazine, yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't talk to him, but at the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl 50, doing some shows from there. And at one point he was walking around and he just, you know, he, you wouldn't look at him and say, man, that's a quarterback. Right, yeah. You know? Doesn't have like that. He's not he's never, six five, yeah. you know, two thirty, mm-hmm. and just built like a. a no, yeah, absolutely. I Joe mean, says you put Marino in today's game where he gets free release and his receivers, holy cow, weren't very big. Wow. Now these guys are six four, six five. I think Marino is probably one of the most unsung heroes mm-hmm. of the game. People don't talk enough about him or realize the numbers yeah. that he put up during the times that he put them up. Pike916 on the on the YouTube chat brings up a, a great point here. Imagine if Marino was on this current Dolphins team with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddell, just what he would able be able to do with those weapons. I mean, it would be it would be ridiculous. I mean, just throwing deep balls left and right, like it, it would it would actually be it would probably be broken. It, it would look like Patrick Mahomes, but I mean he was he was just one of one of the best passers, if not again, you know, Montana says he's the best quarterback of all time. One of the cool things about this to me is Joe, you know, a lot of guys would say, and you couldn't blame them if they said, oh, Well, I was the greatest. But For he'll sure. tell you, but he says Marino threw the ball in a way that uh, other or other quarterbacks could not, including sure. himself. Joe Montana says he had a quick release. I had to step into a lot of the things to get yeah. enough force on the ball. Sure. He had the perfect torque of his upper body and strength to deliver the ball quickly uh, at a th- 
at a fast release with accuracy. That's what I remember about Marino is you just stand there and just kind of flip it out and, went, man, that thing would yeah, go. Yeah, it would just sail. And Joe, you know, as we know, especially after he had a few injuries, mm-hmm. and it was, took to it. effort to get it there. And he was still a great passer. Yeah. But Marino was just naturally like, whoop, he could just flip his wrist and it would go 60 yards. I feel like – I, I, as a as a sports talk radio host, I, I'm not doing my due diligence and saying, is this shade at Steve Young? You know, they were teammates, and Steve Young won two Super Bowls. Like, is there some sort of animosity between the two? Like, we'll find, talk about it next right here. You know? No? I don't think uh, Joe is a big – he didn't appreciate the way that all sure. went down. You talk I mean, about yeah. messy quarterback yeah, situations. I mean, it's it's in their blood. I mean, yeah, trading for Steve Young. I heard actually – I think it was Michael Lombardi on a podcast talking about that situation and how it was really like Bill Walsh just pushed for it. He really was like, I think we should trade for, for Steve Young. And I can imagine how Joe Montana would be, you know, a little territorial of that. Be like, has what I've done not been good enough for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've shared this before. Don't mean to be redundant, but before they shut down Candlestick Park, they had a flag football game, the Cowboys uh-huh. and the 49ers. And they, they um, we had Joe Montana on the radio and asked him, are you going to go to that? And he just said, look, if you work for Microsoft and you work there a long time and then they fire you, and then years later, they asked you to come back. You're not going back. So um, I think some people might. Some people would, but I'm just, that's might. how he saw it. Yeah, it's for like, sure. Yeah. yeah now that back. I know, like, as you say that, I notice that I see Joe Montana a lot more Giants games than I see him at, at Niner games. That's sure. a great point. Yeah. Hmm. And in Men's Health yeah. Magazine. And in Men's Health yeah. Magazine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, he's not really a very front-facing, yeah, like face for the Niners and being a, a quarterback who won so much for him, you would think that he would be like their – I mean, they, they prop up Jerry Joe Rice as many times Joe's as they talking about, oh, yeah, well, People well. don't forget, man. People don't forget. <laughs> that's that's the thing. And After all they did for that. Yeah. He got his revenge, though. I mean, and he I guess he didn't get his ultimate revenge, but, like, he had, you know, a really good season with the Chiefs that one year, made the Super Bowl, and, like, you know, he, he definitely – he proved his point that he still – Still had some game left. Coming up next, let's hope nobody asks Mr. Vazenkov a question like one of these questions today. We've got the worst sports press conference questions oh ever. Boy. Oh boy. Frankie, if you're listening, take notes and make sure you don't <laughs> ask any of these. Next year, Whiting Watkins on Tackdown Sports. Now on YouTube, search Sackdown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda. There you go. He's Chris Watkins. Sounding good, right? He's been under the weather. He's bringing it today. Yeah, I got it. Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason. Uh, Before we get to some of the worst press conference questions ever asked, 339-1140, JR is with us on Sackdown Sports. What's up, JR? Bees, bees, your guns are useless against them. <laughs> that was a who pulled the uh, Tommy boy there? That was a good job. Yeah. Does Chris Verlaud get good yes. credit for that? Absolutely. Assist Verlaud. Yes. <laughs> that was well played. Sick thing is my brain is kind of like his. I'm, I'm starting to question my yeah. my stability here. So. How that looked at. Hey, how'd that look? Hey, you, you brought up Joe Montana in the Microsoft comment. You know that flag football was sponsored by HP, Hillard Packard, which is kind of funny because he referenced Mike. Or, but he did end up going to that. Oh, did he? I mean, oh, yeah, he put him and Young are actually both in. And Marino was there. 
if you look at some of the pictures online, you'll see all of them in these nice red and blue flag football shirts and the HP logo on the sleeve. And, yeah, they all played in that thing. What do you think were... of uh, Joe saying Marino was the greatest ever? Well, we all remember Super Bowl nineteen in my backyard there in Stanford, and he dominated. So Joe could say whatever he wants. And, they're, you know, they're both from the Pennsylvania area. Right. Uh, right. New, Eng- New England or something. And old Clifford, Montana, you know, maybe he's just saying that to be nice to his old uh, area friend who right. didn't win the Super Bowl, and Joe did. And at the end of the day, Super Bowl rings on fingers look better than stats and books. So I don't know. That's my opinion on old Clifford J with his uh, his records. But Dan could throw the ball like no tomorrow mm-hmm. at a time when you – you know, and what do you have, Duper, and I can't remember Clayton, some of the other receivers. Mark Clayton, Clayton and Mark Duper, yeah. Yeah, they were pretty badass. So uh, he, he did have a couple guys, but nothing like the like Joe said, the six eight, six nine, seven footers whatever we <laughs> have now at friggin' receiver. Um, yeah, he would put up some numbers. But the, once again, Joe won Super Bowl 19 head-to-head against Montana. So don't take that away from me. Watch gotcha. your voice sounds great, by the way. You sound beautiful. Voice sounds great. Thank, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, JR. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Appreciate it. You know what I remember about that Super Bowl is uh, the they, they had the parade whenever they had the parade. And then I was selling pretzels out of a cart in San Francisco really? at the time. And then for the parade, I got the choice. Because I was a pretty good pretzel vendor. Yeah. Uh, I got to go. I was at City Hall, the end of the parade route. Yeah, and I was oh, that's got to be like a diamond the spot. Pretzels, but the pretzels were actually they were football shaped, and then they had cheese on them that was supposed to be like laces. Sure, and I, I don't really, I don't know how they tasted, but they didn't really come out. Very good. Not quite. The, I just uh, sold them. The I had pretzel artist. Did you have like? Were you uh, like the um, like the people who sell them at the arena or at the stadiums? Like, are you? Did you have like a hauler that you would? No, pretzels! I had the cart. I had my cart, which I couldn't abandon. So yeah. it was like you come up to the cart. Oh, I didn't, okay. Yeah. So I just I was hoping that you, you would have something special for us, like, like a, a pretzel barker, something like that. I don't know. Just I don't know. No, some, I, I just came to my. I head probably should have. Yeah, you probably would have sold a couple more. You know, it, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just you know I'm just saying. If well, you wanted, how would that have gone again? I, I don't want to do oh, it please, in case it so in case good. Chris. I'm sure Chris already cut it. Actually, he can. God, I hate him so much. Well, maybe I should I ask him. I, just, I should I ask him how it sounded. I, just, I shouldn't have done it. I just one day I'll learn that <laughs> that I just everything I say can and will be used against me in the court of law. And one one day I'll learn because Chris. Chris just doesn't stop back there. So we got a big press conference today. Sasha Vizenkov. Yes. Frankie is probably going to be there. You're going to be there, right? I'll be there. Yes, yes, yes. I will Um, be leaving us early. And, you know, sometimes these things, people ask silly questions. I've asked silly questions. Like, oh, why did I do that? Uh, Probably the most famous bad question at a sports press conference is one that might not actually have been asked. Have you heard of this one? Super Bowl 22. The Doug Williams question? Doug Williams supposedly was asked, uh, how long have you been a black quarterback? Yes. And that may not have actually happened. It looks like really? someone actually asked him, Doug, would it be easier if you were the second black quarterback to play in the Super Bowl? A lot of people that were there say, that's actually what the question okay. was. That's and still people, not a good question. It's not a great question. <laughs> Um, and you know Bryce Harper? That's a clown question, bro. Love that. I don't even know what that question was. I just know the quote. I have it for you. It was 2012. Went over the Blue Jays, and a reporter asked Bryce Harper, who was 19 years old, "Hey, are you going to take advantage of the lower drinking age in Canada eh, by going out for a celebratory Canadian <laughs> beer?" 
And he said, "That's that is a clown question, that's a bro. Clown question, in his, bro. In his defense, that is a pretty clown question." Uh, let's see Brother. here. Johnny Menzel, 2014, drafted by the Browns. He has a press conference there, introductory press conference. Uh-huh. Somebody asked him, "Hey, could you get LeBron James to come back to Cleveland?" That's also a clown question, bro. Yes. Like that's that's ridiculous. These are not these are not great questions. See, but also some of these, I will say, like there's on occasion, especially like we might see it today with the Kings, but like. There's news outlets that are there just because, oh, you know, for Johnny Manziel, it's like, that's a big name. Like, let's send, you know, we usually don't cover sports, but let's send someone out there and, you know, they got to get some sort of soundbite and you have to ask a question. And, you know, it's more just they they don't traditionally cover sports and so they don't know what to ask. I have a nominee for the worst of these questions ever, but a couple before we get to that. Uh, Greg Popovich. Unfortunately, I don't have his answers to these questions. Okay, these That's are what you're going to wonder when yeah. you hear these. Like, what did he? How did he respond? Uh, and I remember in the finals there was a one game, the Heat and the Spurs, and it was really hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the AC broke. Yeah, the LeBron cramp game. Uh, game two of the 2014 finals. Somebody asked Pop. For those of us that are not in this building more than at finals time, does it feel normal air wise to you, temperature wise to you tonight? <laughs> But I don't have his answer. Yeah, I, I can imagine Greg Popovich <laughs> had the snarkiest answer of all time. Like something about the air quality, something about having a thermometer. He might or not have like even that. acknowledged the question. Yeah, maybe huh? just next question. During during the Western Conference Finals, somebody asked Pop how he would explain. Pop, how to explain <laughs> five games, five blowouts to those who don't know the game very well. To those of us. Yeah. Not, not me. To those who to don't the- really know the game, how do you explain that? How do you explain it? The worst questions, too, I don't know if there's any on here, but, like, hey, did, did the other team win it, or do you feel like you guys lost it tonight? Do they have the MLS question on there? I don't think that's on here, so we'll we'll have to rely on you to share that with us. Uh, Super Bowl forty eight, Broncos and Seahawks. Somebody asked defensive end Sean Phillips uh, of the Broncos if that was a must win. A Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I do know yeah. that that is one of um, – yeah. Dave Damashek for the media day. That's his question for every single oh. Super Bowl. Really? He's asking players, is this a must-win game tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> or this is a must-game win on Sunday? And this, I think, is the worst question ever. Game one of the 2006 NBA Finals. Okay. Uh, right before game one. So we had that was Heat the Mavericks? Heat and the Mavericks. A guy named Corby Davidson asked Shaq, Ooh, let's just say that a snake bitch your- <laughs> Okay. Let's just the say police- that a snake bitch your mom right here. Okay. Right on the chest area, would what? you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? Oh, my God. See, this is also the problem with, yeah, like Super Bowl and like NBA Finals again. Like you're just getting random media like Access Hollywood or whatever is showing up and they're just they're trying to get a sound bite. And it's like that's a that's that is a clown. That's a ridiculous question. Shaq responded like, with no, but I would with your wife. Shaquille. Shaquille O'Neal, the one and only. That is fantastic. And I was like, if you are going to ask a stupid question like that, at least at least it's the Shaq who could probably serve uh, like a, a good enough answer for it. But that is, that's terrible. Chris, what's the MLS question? Uh, remember when Schweinsteiger uh, yeah. came over for Chicago? Chicago he was asked by a, uh, a reporter, with you being added to the Chicago Fire, what are the chances of winning the World Cup? And the great thing was, was oh. he did he spoke English, but they did have a translator there, and he looks at the translator like, he's hey, like, he's like, obviously there's something lost in translation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I know this guy did not just ask if this MLS team is going to win the World Cup. 
Yeah. Even I know that's wrong. That's a that's a definite welcome to America moment where it's like, uh, how much Coming is up my next, Yeah, as we're all getting ready for Mr. Vazenkov, where will we end up placing Mr. Vazenkov on the all-time list of King's Euro imports? Frankie Cardicelli has that answer for us and more when he joins us next right here. Whitey Watkins, Zach Sports.